and just kind of hang out and really take in the flavor. That is probably the best part. You see things from the seat of a bike that you don't see when you're in a car. And it's just because not only because you're going a different pace, you're actually going in different places. You're using roads that are obviously much more local. You're trying to stay off of the big highways. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews everyday people about their fitness journeys. That was Brian Rains. He's a professional outdoor guide, writer, and publisher. And in today's episode, he's going to talk about what's called adventure cycling and bikepacking. So I do want to distinguish there's adventure cycling, um, it's a thing, and then there's also adventure cycling, the organization. And so he's actually going to talk a little bit about both. I found this super fascinating because I don't know that much about the bike world in general, except from the guests that I've had on this podcast and my sister who's getting into cycling. Um, so the idea of combining backpacking, camping, and biking all together sounds really fun but also whoa how did i not think of this before so i hope you enjoy i hope this interests you um and at the end of the episode brian will also talk about his podcast where you can learn even more about this topic and this world so stay tuned folks so how did you first get into or find cycling did you bike a lot as a kid or is it something new that you started as an adult so I think, you know, like everybody's journey with a bike, it starts out as a kid. Um, it's your mode of transportation. It's how you get around. And it's, it's you know, I'm in my 50s. So that was sort of our social media of the day was your bike. And, you know, when I, I, all the way through college, um, I actually worked as a bike mechanic um, part-time, worked my way through college, through college as a bike mechanic and managing a bike shop. And then once you kind of graduate school, I think this happens to a lot of people in the, in the cycling world. You kind of, you start that professional career, you, you begin to have a family and your focus goes somewhere else. And, and I'm no different. And it, it ended up that, you know, when my kids were in that high school age, it was kind of like, wow, I'd really like to look for something to get back into shape because you, you know, you begin this process of your body is now become sedentary through a professional career and always focused on kids. And, and I came back to the bike in that, in that sense. It was, um, and a lot of people, I think, go through that. And then, so now you do what's called adventure cycling. Can you explain, because I've never heard of that before. So can you explain what differentiates that from like other kinds of cycling? Sure. So, so in, in the bike world, you have basically sort of three or four different disciplines. Um, you've got that traditional road bike sense. Um, and then on the other end of the extreme, you have the mountain bike community. And somewhere in the middle is sort of this kind of gray fluid area that, that kind of, kind of moves between them where, where you have a gravel community that's also an adventure biking community that's also a touring community. Um, and also sort of the big thing now is bike packing. And, when I came back to the bike, one of the things that I'd always recommend to folks, especially if you're in that kind of position, would be to find a good cycling club, a good bike club in your community, because it's going to connect you with people. It's going to 
um, create that. I, I know we're in this weird time right now where, you know, social contact is, you know, a strange thing, but, you know, our bike club has done a lot to kind of keep people connected through virtual rides, through online social events and, and little challenges and contests. But, you know, when I came back to it, it was all about, you know, having that regular accountability to get on a bike, to enjoy it and do it in a sense of community. And what happened, um, this, this club that I was involved with, had several people that really liked the whole bike touring thing. Um, we had some people that enjoyed camping and, you know, very, very long story short, it was something that engaged me too. Um, cause I've always enjoyed the outdoors and the camping and putting the bike and that idea of bike camping together really appealed to me. And I had a friend that was organizing a lot of trips inside the club. So we got a lot of people in the club that got excited about it and it eventually sort of landed in that I took on a role of, of organizing these sort of adventure trips as well. Um, I'm based here in Maryland and we have, we're lucky to have the CNO canal towpath uh, right out our back door. The great Allegheny passage is connected to the CNO canal. Um, so you have these natural surface trail environments that are very, in a lot of instances, remote that allow you to connect places. We can actually travel from, Washington, D.C., all the way to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on natural surface trail system without any cars. And it's over 300 miles with plenty of camping opportunities. And and this friend of mine, he, he planned all the trips, and then I kind of jumped in and helped out. And then eventually he went away, and, and I was planning trips. And I remember distinctly I was on a trip um, that I'd planned, and it was probably the Great Allegheny Passage, the Gap Trail, and, and a fellow said to me, he said, you know, he says, you can, you can get paid to actually plan and lead these trips. And I, I looked, I was like, shut up. <laughs> that's not something that's real. And, and so I ended up sort of exploring that space and found Adventure Cycling. The Adventure Cycling Association, probably one of the first groups of like, goes way back, way back to the, to the mid seventies, a touring company. Uh, with sort of a hostile kind of mindset where there's community group uh, cooking and, and camping and it's um, very outdoors oriented. So I found them and they do a leadership training class. And I went and I did one of their leadership training classes and it was in Florida. And I ended up, you know, coming away from that with a really good feeling, but also the understanding that knowing to actually get to lead trips inside of adventure cycling can sometimes take some time because it is, uh, and nobody's out there getting rich doing uh, bike tours through adventure cycling. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of, um, pleasure that comes back your way because it is one of their mantras is, is about empowering people to do things on a bike that they didn't necessarily think they could do. And I see that over and over and over again. And that really appealed to me because planning trips, particularly when somebody would come into the club and they didn't know anything about traveling on a bike and they would see what we were doing and they would want to take off and do that. And to see them kind of get this whole new world opened up to them was, was really, it, it got my, you know, got me going. That was really something that I found incredibly appealing. And then to be able to do it in sort of a bigger environment uh, was really appealing as well. So I did my class in Florida. And at the end of that, they said, well, you know, you've got the experience, you've got all this stuff going for you. You know, obviously, you're going to want to do a few trips with us to see if there's a good connection and a good fit. 
Um, so just a few weeks later, I went back down to Florida again, and I actually took on a trip. I, I went as a participant on a trip, and it was a two-week back-to-back. They did it one week, and then they, you flipped groups, and then there was a second week. Well, one of my leaders on that trip, and the small group band supported environments, about 12 people, 12 or 13 people on a trip. And uh, he had a family emergency came up the, the literally the night that our tour ended and the next tour began the next day. And so I went to him and I said, you know, you had me in your class. I'm here. I've just done this tour for a week. Um, I'm, I've got all my stuff and I've got tremendous amount of flexibility with my schedule. I could take over. I could actually help you out next week. And so by 6 a.m. the next morning, I was actually um, a tour leader with the Adventure Cycling Association in about a one month window. And I tell that story to some of my co-leaders and, and, and folks that I, I work on other tours with. And they're like, wow, it took me three years to do this or however long to do that. And, you know, cause once you're, once you're sort of in the system, just like anything, um, it becomes easier for them to engage you for future trips. So I, I have been very lucky in that I have gotten to lead bike tours from Maine to Florida, um, throughout the state of New York, um, all through the Southeast, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, I've uh, done Texas and probably my favorite trip so far was, uh, two weeks, two trips back to back leading a bike tour on the North rim of the Grand Canyon, which was just absolutely phenomenal. If anybody's familiar with the two different sides to the Canyon, the South rim is much more populated. There's more people. The North Rim sits a little higher, it's a little cooler, it's a little more rugged, it's a little more remote. You don't really see the people that you do on the South Rim. So we we would go for three or four days at a time without actually encountering any other people except the people that were in our group, um, which had a whole set of different challenges as well, managing water, managing food. Um, I learned a lot of different skills on that one. So you, know, you, you take that idea of bike of backpacking, which a lot of people are familiar with, and hiking, and then blend that in with a bike. And you've now got this world of bike packing and um, adventure biking and gravel cycling and all kinds of comes together. So uh, that's kind of my space, and that's that's where I operate. And, and it's funny because it all just came from you know the sort of natural, organic kind of thing where it was get back on the bike discover something you really enjoyed to do, figure out how to help other people do that. And then at the end of the process, you almost accidentally fall into some sort of little mini career adjunct thing that goes on. So is it um, adventure cycling or bike packing? Is that something you think anyone could just start doing? Or do you think they should get some road cycling or some other kind of cycling experience first? And then... Kind of on top of that, because of some of the train you mentioned, do they need to have like mountain biking experience? Well, it's, it's funny. We like to, to joke in the world of gravel cycling, there, there's a little joke and, it, and it, it both is and isn't true. Any bike is a gravel bike. Any bike can take you anywhere you want to go. Um, I firmly am a believer in the fact that if you've got any kind of a little nugget of, of adventure and a bike is your thing, you can throw a backpack on your back. You can throw a bag strapped to a bike in some way, shape, or form, and you can go 20 miles down the road to a state park, camp out overnight, and have this incredible remote experience, and then turn around and come back the next day. 
um, called a sub 24 hour overnight. Some folks dive right in. They, they, they load up the bike with racks and panniers and, and bags and off they go for three or four or five days at a time. I think a great way, a great way to get started. If this is something that, that interests you is to just that little find somebody or even go do it by yourself. If you've got a trail system, you know, a backpack, a tent, um, and off you go. I think anybody can dive into this. And then, of course, just like with everything, um, you can grow with it. You can do more. Another great alternative is if camping may or may not necessarily be your thing and you're looking for the, the safety of a group, um, either through a bike club or with adventure cycling. They, they're, in my opinion, one of the best places to start. Uh, if you have that inkling that this is something that you want to do, uh, their, their, their tours are typically, um, very low key. Um, it, they're designed from the leader perspective, not necessarily to sell you on, um, coming back again. But like I said, it's more about empowering you to say, this is how you do it. And, and now go do it yourself. And, and I think you'll see a, a lot of that of people that come to adventure cycling, um, the organization. And it's weird because there's, there's the term adventure cycling, which is, you know, that idea of getting out and exploring the world on a, on the seat of a bike. And then you have the organization that's adventure cycling. That is the, the tour operator. And, and, and honestly, a sm- it's only a small part of their nonprofit business model is wrapped around the actual tour system. Uh, they actually sell um, maps and they do a tremendous amount of advocacy for folks with road conditions. Uh, they spend a lot of time making um, um, routes for folks. You can actually buy them digitally. You can buy the maps and all of that supports the advocacy that's, that um, promotes this world of adventuring and exploring the world by bike. So does your family go with you when you do these trips? Um, sometimes, um, sometimes my wife will adventure out with us. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's gotten down to a point where I'm either doing three or four small tours, um, for my club where it's just, you know, whoever in the club wants to come and do this, the new river trail system down in Virginia, or like I said, the towpath or the gap, or we have several places that we love to go and just do little overnights. Um, but the actual tours that I, I'm leading, quote unquote, pro- professionally, um, is it, typically, you know, that, that's been organized and the participants come through Adventure Cycling, the organization. But yeah, it is, it is, it could be a fantastic thing for families to explore. I, I know a lot of folks that, you know, will take their kids. You just shorten your miles. It's, it's real easy to do. Um, you find somewhere in the towpath to start. You, you've got a kid maybe in a carrier on the back or you've got, you know, some sort of a trailer system with the kids and you're carrying gear. You go seven or eight or 10 miles and, and, and spend the night in camp and then turn around and come back seven or eight miles the next day. You don't have to have great distances to have great adventure. Has there ever been a time when you're giving one of these tours either um, for your club or professionally as a bike tour? Uh, leader that you forgot something or were missing something 
just I'm trying to think of like when you go camping, you know, sometimes and then you realize you forgot something like the matches or something really important. <laughs> I don't I don't think there's ever been a time we've forgotten anything very important, but you do always and this is a good recommendation, is I, I do a lot of bike packing seminars and one of the things I always tell people is is you lay all of your gear out and then you when you take it with you, you come back when you're done and you lay it all out again. And you go, this I didn't use, this I didn't use, um, I would have been nice to have this. You're always in continually tinkering with your kit and your setup. And I, I do, I, even to this day, I still do it. It's, I would like to have a smaller headlamp and I don't have to have a flashlight. Um, you know, it just, you, you're just continually tinkering. And then there are those things that you always want to have with you that you never want to have to use. And most importantly, is like a first aid kit. Uh, we talk a lot about first aid. We talk a lot about reliance, um, self, you know, being, being self-aware of what's going on around you and being cautious and safe um, and, and being prepared for the worst. So you, you definitely want to make sure that a first aid kit is a part of your kit. Have you ever encountered any like interesting animals or like, sites that you didn't expect to see like you know when people find abandoned buildings or like a fossil or something oh yeah oh yeah that happened it really sounds like you have a story oh um, i think it was it's weird because we've got this i'm going to call it a gap year this over the covid year is going to become a gap year because everything i i think of in terms of last season well coming into 2021 there's not going to have been a last season so I'm thinking back to probably the last trip I did um, through the Blue Ridge. Um, we did the entire Blue Ridge Parkway and Skyline Drive. Uh, and I think we had a, a record number for that trip of bear sightings, including one that was just walking. Bear sightings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And at, at Big Meadows, which is on Skyline Drive, we had one that was just walking around through camp. Uh, but there's there's always something like that that's it, it's almost every trip. Um, I think of like um, Texas Hill Country down in um, outside of um, Austin and San Antonio, Texas. We're going through Lukenbach, Texas, which is you know sort of iconic in that country music scene. But to be able to roll in there on a bike and just kind of hang out and really take in the flavor, that, that is probably the best part. You see things from the seat of a bike that you don't see when you're in a car. And it, it's just because not only because you're going a different pace, you're actually going in different places. You're using roads that are obviously much more local. You're trying to stay off of the big highways. You just, you get so immersed in, in the culture. I did a tour in Louisiana that the whole tour was focused on the Cajun culture and uh, we had we had people come in to do music in the evenings at camp and storytellers and just being able to be a part of the community really makes it something that appeals to the you, know, you, you want you say you want to be a traveler, not a tourist. You don't want to look you don't want to look into some a community like that through a, into a fishbowl. You want to actually dive in the fishbowl and swim with the fish and a bike allows you to do that. And I just think from that perspective, it's one of the most engaging and exhilarating ways to, to travel. Have you done any international trips yet? Or is there any place that you'd like to do one? 
I have not. Um, I, that's not really on my radar. I, I've typically focused on, you know, small weekend excursions um, and what we call van-supported trips, which are week-long trips. I have done one, three, well, three, I led a three-week long tour through New England in um, sort of the fall, and that was absolutely gorgeous. That's probably the longest continuous tour I've done. Probably next on my radar is to do what we term an epic which is sort of a Trans Am across the country or Northern Tier or Southern Tier, or actually maybe the Underground Railroad where we go from, you know, the North End and go to the South. You know, we go right through the heart of the country. Or, you know, from a, a what I'd call dirtier perspective, meaning that it's dirt and gravel, the Great Divide is, is a trail system that, that stretches from Banff up in Canada all the way down to... Um, uh, the border in Texas with Mexico. Uh, I'd love to actually do some things like Trans Virginia, which is a, a really big, long trail that goes from one side of Virginia to the other. So I think the next on my radar is, is going to be something that's a little bit bigger in scale than just a week long or a two week or even a three week trip. Uh, international tours have a tremendous appeal to a lot of folks, but, but honestly, there's so much here in, in our, in here that I haven't seen that I just would really like to explore. And the international tours do sometimes tend to take on more of a tourist flavor where, you know, you want to go and experience Italy, but you also want to take a pasta making class and you want to, you want to do it from a different perspective. So there's different styles of tour companies that do those types of tours uh, and, and that hasn't been on my radar, not to say that at some point in the future, it wouldn't be, um, but, but not at the moment. I think that's all of my questions. Was there anything else about this topic that you wanted to cover? Um, no, I, you know, I just think I, I really would strongly encourage people if this is, if a bike is your thing or if bike, if backpacking is your thing, or you've thought about mixing the two, definitely explore this space because it's something that you can get a tremendous amount of joy out of. Um, and, and you can really see so much of the country and be a part of it. Yeah, I'm glad I brought you on because it had never occurred to me to put backpacking and biking together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've been thinking about getting into biking after talking to a few cyclists and triathletes. So um, thanks for introducing but, me, at least, and hopefully some other people. <laughs> it's it's a very rewarding thing. You know, you... you you get on a bike and, and I think it comes from the fact that we all started on a bike as a kid. You get this like sort of sense of freedom and, you know, the wind rushing by you. And, you know, especially now you, you take that in this world. We're so busy. Um, we're so focused on rushing from one place to the next that it slows you down. It, it, it's, it's kind of weird in that, you know, something that, in a road road sense of cycling, it's all about speed. It's all about going faster. It's all about, you know, how fast can I go from point A to point B? And we have folks like that that show up on tours um, and they want to see, we call them rabbits. They want to see how fast they can get from the start of the day to the end of the day. And and then we have those folks that, that turtle right along. And, you know, as a leader, we we typically sweep a group. And, and it's actually so pleasurable to see people relaxing and enjoying that journey as opposed to being so focused on how fast can I get to point A to point B. 
Did you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast? Because you also have a podcast. Sure. Sure. Actually, thank you. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, it was actually one of my friends that we, we did a lot of tours together. Um, Wes and Joey and I started a podcast called Mid-Atlantic Gravel, Travel, and Dirt. And our focus was, and still is to this day, uh, we talk weekly about what's going on in the world of gravel cycling um, and bikepacking and camping and mountain biking and traveling the world by bike. And we, we have been very lucky in that we have had the opportunity to meet some amazing, amazing people through the podcast. And, and we, we were very early on began the process of talking to some race directors and event directors. Now the world of gravel cycling, when it comes to the term race, um, you have to understand the community is much more laid back than sort of a, a like a Tour de France kind of cycling or USAC kind of a, a race environment. Um, gravel cycling people are a different kind of breed. They really enjoy helping each other out. Not that road people don't help each other out, but there's just a different mindset. Um, events become more like small little mini festivals. And I, I'm thinking a couple like um, Unpaved of the Susquehanna River Valley and, and, and meeting and talking with the organizer there, Dave Pryor. Um, we've become very, very good friends. And that event, you roll in the day before. There's a festival that goes on that night. There's, of course, this is not COVID times, but there's a festival that goes on in the evening. There's um, one of the big manufacturers, Salsa Cycles actually had a film festival in the local movie theater, which was all right there in the town square up in Pennsylvania. Uh, then the next day you go out and you're doing either, you know, 30, 60, 90, or 120 miles through some of the roughest terrain. And then you get back at the end of the day and, and people are still coming in at eight or nine o'clock at night after starting at seven o'clock in the morning. These are mega endurance kind of things. And when you get back, there's another little mini festival going on. Sometimes there's music. Typically, there's beer and food. And it's just a, it's more of a community kind of environment. And through our podcast with Mid-Atlantic Gravel, Travel, and Dirt, we've had this opportunity to, to meet so many people that organize these things and had the opportunity to participate um, in so many of these things. And, and, you know, I think next week we're actually having the, the premier cycling gravel cycling event for years was been known as dirty kansas it play, takes place out in emporia kansas and this last year um they went through a rebrand and they're unbound gravel there's a whole backstory on that that i won't get into um, but we're having the opportunity to have them on our podcast to talk about their plans for 2021 which is very exciting to us um we're a little irreverent uh, we like to put, drink a few beers while we're having our podcast, uh, while we're recording our podcast. And um, we tend to have a little bit of fun with our guests as well as with each other. And it's been exciting to grow it. Uh, when we first started our podcast, the sound and audio quality was horrific. And I'm amazed that anybody has actually stuck with it and listened to us for this long. But we are now weekly going on two years we're closing in on two years which as you know Bri, as, a, as a podcaster yourself that's that's hard to do to, to keep these things going weekly and we do we do record ours every week and we do a live stream while we record that's on youtube and then we release the audio a couple of days later 
Um, so it, it's, it's a tough schedule we keep and, uh, but we sure enjoy it. And we have met so many amazing, amazing people, um, both riders and organizers alike. So I would encourage anybody that would, um, want to know anything more about that gravel community and, and why it's so appealing. Listen to a couple of our podcasts and, uh, you'll kind of understand the world that we come from. All right, athletes, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I want to say thanks again to Brian Rains for making time to be on this episode. If you want to connect with Brian and find out more about the world of bike tours, bike hacking, and adventure cycling, you can find him on Instagram. He's at B-N-R-A-I-N-E-S. B-N-R-A-I-N-E-S. You can also find him at the Instagram for his podcast, Mid-Atlantic Gravel Travel and Dirt Podcast. So it's at mid-atlantic gtd and there will be links of course to all of this um in the episode description probably the easiest place to get the links would be at breeoutside.com just because each platform um kind of does their own thing in regards to how they put the episode description um but it'll also be listed there so take a look if you want to connect with brian or check out the other podcasts to learn more about this world. I want to say thanks to you, the listener. I say it at the end of every episode, but I really do appreciate you listening to this podcast out of everything else that you could be listening to. Um, And if there's anything you want to hear about or you want to be on the show, reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter. It's at Brie Outside. You can also email me, contact Outside at gmail.com or um, parttimeathletespodcast at gmail.com, either one of those. And you can also find the email at freeoutside.com. So basically, just visit freeoutside.com. All the links are there. Um, also, on my website, I'm teaching yoga on Zoom now. So if you're interested in taking yoga for runners, just a regular yoga class, a 30-minute class, a 60-minute class, check out the schedule that's posted at freeoutside.com. And even if you don't think yoga is for you, I highly encourage you to take a class um, or even practice on your own. Uh, It's really helped me to stretch. I've been sitting a lot this year because I've been working from home and almost the only time I get up during the day, it's either to work out or to walk my dog. So I know I'm not the only one in this boat. So if you spend a lot of time sitting, yoga can really help strengthen and also lengthen and stretch some of those muscles that might be getting neglected this year so please consider taking a class with me or you can also do it on your own Um, but I think yoga is a really awesome exercise for strengthening the body and the mind so I encourage you to give it a try even if you already think that you don't like it I'm rambling but I hope to see some of you in my class I also hope to hear from some of you about the show And I hope you tune in next time for Part-Time Athletes. 